Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode three of Ballers Paradise Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Arvagas, along with my amazing co-host, Matt Gilbert. Thank you guys for tuning in to episodes one and two, and now to the third episode of this podcast. We thank you very much for your support along the way, starting out with the radio show, and now we have, of course, decided to do a podcast. This is our third episode now of this and we are very fortunate, very lucky to be doing this, Mac. So, uh, what do you say we get on to the topics of today's show, shall we? Yes, indeed. As always, I can't wait to get this show on the road. Yes. I love doing Baller's Paradise podcast. Yes, sir. Uh, so, let's get into the first topic, and that would be obviously more Cavs drama. Unfortunately, we have to discuss both the bad and the good, regardless of what and it is. And the ugly. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, so obviously more dysfunction uh, coming out of Cleveland this past week. Regarding reports coming about that the Cavalier veterans are claiming that the rookie guard, uh, Colin Sexton, that they drafted with the eighth overall pick this past offseason in the draft, uh, they have quoted him as saying he cannot play in the NBA. And another report has also came out this past week that former assistant coach Jim Bolin is going to be suing the team due to the team not picking off his team option for assistant coaching, which in what he believes in what is uh, being reported as an age discrimination going against him. So, Mac, we're going to ask you, first of all, what do you think about the claim about Sexton? Because I think this is really interesting. I know the team's 1-9 right now. They're not in a good spot. What, what do you think about this? This is very kind of perplexing to me and it's not a good sign by any means i don't know what to say all i can say is there's more drama at first you wondered if like during the lebron james era the four years he was here if it was if the drama was really his fault or not i don't know because to me the way it seems seeming the Cavs drama has only gotten worse after he left so they just need to get their acts together if they really want this team to have a future otherwise Cavs dynasty is over, and it will never come back to what it was with the four years it was with LeBron James. Yeah, this is definitely not good. This is not good all by any means to have your locker room now turning on each other. But here's the thing. Think about it this way. Like I said, it's gotten worse after LeBron James left, so you know LeBron James now wasn't the problem. But no one ever said he was the problem to begin with, though. Oh, there were some rumors that he was, he might have been the problem, but... Well, maybe with Kyrie he was, but not anything to do with this, really. I understand him leaving, but to be turning against each other, like J.R. Smith and Kyle Korver, Chang Fry, some of the older guys, turning against the rookie that they should be mentoring that should and that they should be helping. Uh, his rookie year in the NBA turned against him, blaming him for the team going 1-9 in the first 10 games. It's not good, obviously. You know, it's showing that the team has a really bad chemistry issue. There's a you know, really bad locker you know, room issue I, right now. I hate to say that, but in a way, maybe this that part is LeBron's fault only because, let's be honest here, LeBron d- did spoil J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson. When they all have the same agent, yeah. Yeah, you can blame LeBron for that, getting paid more money than that when than they deserve. Yeah, oh yeah, by far. And re- by he far. didn't treat Kyrie Irving that way. And here's why: I think LeBron was a little bit intimidated by Kyrie. He saw Kyrie could surpass him, maybe as another superstar. So yeah, he was trying yeah. to hold him down. He knew J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson weren't going to be in the same level as them. He just thought they were fun guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what led to obviously Kyrie leaving. And now you can see that this team is in turmoil right now. There's definitely a locker room issue that needs to be fixed right now. It sure as heck doesn't seem like it's getting fixed. It's been toned down maybe a little bit due to Larry Drew finally uh, accepting a deal, which uh, we'll talk about here real quick. Uh, No, the deal, accepting that deal to become Cleveland's coach, which is – Fantastic first because on the last episode, we, he was skeptical about being the coach, and now yeah. he is. No, nah, I'm good. happy for him. He's yes. the coach now. Yeah, he definitely deserves a really, really good for For sure, him. he definitely deserves to be the head coach. Yeah. And yeah, we said last, we said on last week's episode the thing about Jason Kidd and Kevin McHale. 
I'm glad it's Larry Drew. I really am. Yeah, it's good because he's been with the franchise for four years now, and he definitely deserves a shot with them. But I just think that this turmoil right now is gonna just not going to go away because this team needs a glue guy. Right now, this team does not have a glue guy to have people say, hey, you, you need to be quiet and quit blaming the rookie for your mistakes or something because this isn't right at all, especially from a locker room perspective, actually, just because of the fact that you're one in nine and you need to get some positive momentum going. If you don't get that, then you're not going to be going well for the rest of the year. And that, and that that's just the truth. That, that is actually correct because, yeah, one in nine, that's when you have to start worrying. You really do. Yeah, this is very, very worrisome. For not only for management, but for fans, too. Think about it. They've already lost as many games as Golden State did that one year. Yeah, yeah, 73-9, and, and they're already 1-9. That's crazy. The only other team in the NBA that's 1-9 is Washington, which is not good for you know Scott Brooks's case, uh, which we talked about last week, which you know, will— uh, Yeah, now they— It's interesting now. It's he, kind he's of probably, sad. He's probably—I would assume he's going to be fired within the next couple weeks— Oh, definitely, I think definitely. I think, yeah, his days of coaching in Washington are almost over. Okay, so let's talk about uh, the second half, the second part of that question. That was Jim Boland. Uh, he's not going to sue the team due to age discrimination, at least on his part, what he believes is age discrimination. Uh, I don't know the full thing, but all that I know is that uh, it's – just due to either his age or how the age of the franchise is going. I'm not quite sure. I haven't really caught up in it yet. But, Mac, what do you think about this lawsuit? This is something that I don't think we've really heard of as of late. It isn't. It's something I haven't heard from in a long, long time. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I just don't – I mean, I don't know. Um, but what what are, <laughs> what are your thoughts about the Jim Boland thing? Um, um – this is interesting because I can't remember the last time I've heard of anybody suing a professional team besides uh, James Dolan back in 2014 when he was the owner of the Los Angeles Clippers and due to a bunch of uh, racist remarks and uh, sexual remarks as well, a very not professional owner, and now he's been banned for life from the NBA. This is interesting. Not only is this not like a race, a race or a se- or a sexual thing. This is due. This is due to age. You don't normally see a lot of age discrimination cases and uh, sports, even real uh, cases. From now, you really rarely see age discrimination lawsuits in anything, whether it's sports or not. So it's going to be interesting to see what comes about this case. Because last time I heard, he has not dropped the lawsuit case yet. It's still. He's still suing the Cavs team for this. And it'll be interesting to see what develops from this. And uh, I'm pretty sure that we will have more details on this whenever we find out more information on how this has been progressing or when this gets dropped, obviously. Uh, So let's move on to the next topic. And that would actually be the LA Lakers. The Lakers actually got some help, supposedly, which we'll talk about. Uh, veteran Tyson Chandler has been signed by the Lakers after the uh, Phoenix Suns has bought him out and he clear and he has been, uh, cleared of waivers to join the team. Uh, Mac, my first question is, do you, do you think Chandler's the missing piece they've been needing all along? Do you think he's really going to help them, help them at that backup center position? You know, I think he is. I mean, they, they definitely needed this center and I think he is definitely the missing piece. I don't know if he's enough to get them into the playoffs, but I think Tyson Chandler will definitely help make an impact with the Los Angeles Lakers. Get them Now I see they're at least a 500 team or better. I'm not sure if they'll make a playoff appearance because they're in the West, but this is going to be a solid team now. I really don't know if he's the piece that they need. Don't get me wrong, he's going to help this team in more ways than one. I didn't say he was the piece he needed, but I think now this team is a 500 team or better with Tyson Chandler. I, I know I know you said that, but I'm saying that I don't think that he's the piece they needed because he's 36. He's not what he was when he won the Defensive Player of the Year with the Knicks back in 2012. 12. Yeah, roughly. I was going to say 2012. Yeah, I think it was 12 because Dwight Howard won it the three years before that. Yeah, so, yeah. 
he's not that same guy that he was. He's 36. He's a lot older. He's barely playing with the Suns. And yeah, he's gonna be getting a lot. He's gonna be getting more minutes, but I don't think he's gonna be as productive as what they think he's gonna be. He'll, he's probably gonna get you about six rebounds and may, maybe a block a game. But he's definitely gonna contest shots and stuff. Uh, it, don't get me wrong; it's a good, it's a good pickup of definitely a very good veteran presence, a very good leader uh, on the court and off the court for the, for this young Lakers team. But I don't think that he's the piece that they needed. So my next question to you is, Mac, uh, should they make more moves as well? Obviously, this is the first move that the Lakers have made you know, this season. So I think they do because LeBron even stated himself, you don't want to see him when he loses his patience. His patience is already being tested with the Lakers losing record this early in the season. Now, I know 4-6 and six might be an okay record if you're the – um, Wizards or the Cavs, mm-hmm. yeah, you wouldn't have to panic. But the Lakers being the rest Western Conference with Le- a LeBron James, I'm afraid they need to hit that panic button if they're four and six. Yeah, and and it's just not going to be an easy ride to get them in, into the playoffs this year. I don't know if LeBron really thought it was going to be or not, but personally, I don't think it is. They're going to need to make a lot more moves if they want to get this team into the playoffs or even. And they're going to need to make a ton more moves if they want to get LeBron to do his ninth consecutive finals appearance. Yes, I, I agree. You hit the, the, head, the nail around the head there. Uh, one quick remark, uh, quick remark before I give my little spiel is that the Lakers play Minnesota tonight in L.A. tonight, so this will be a good uh, game, obviously, nonetheless. Not only to test out how much Tyson Chandler improves this bench per se, but how they can be more cohesive going forward as a team. And so Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka can say, okay, we need to make moves fast if we want to get into the playoffs. We need to trade these young guys and get them away. I definitely think that they need some moves for sure. They definitely need to make some moves. If LeBron wants to make the playoffs and not get the streak snaps since 2005 when he didn't make it, the 0405 season, the second year. That was, yeah, I think that was the last year he didn't make it. Yeah, it was 05. It was 0405. And for this, if he would not make the playoffs, which, you know, I don't think he will, they have to make moves. I know they're going to have to trade Ball, but Ball's not going to be able to be moved because of LeVar. Because of Daddy O. Yes, because of his dad. And then your only two pieces left to left to trade are basically Ingram and Kuzma. You could get a very very solid package back for Ingram and Kuzma. And I'm talking possibly an Oladipo, or possibly even a Blake Griffin, or even a Kevin Love, or maybe even a Gordon Hayward if you're lucky. If you're lucky, I'm not saying that you will, but if you're lucky, you could get a Gordon Hayward. But I don't think they're gonna go for anybody that's in obviously LeBron's position just because of how. They're already dealing with that right now, and I don't think they really want that again. But they definitely need to make some moves. It's definitely on on uh, the defensive end, specifically the perimeter, because guys are driving right by uh, players like Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart. Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope has not been playing his best defense. Excuse me, as of late, which is very no, he hasn't. Rajon Rondo's been playing all right this year. Yeah, though. he has been. He's been very good, and you know Lonzo is just. Not not doing uh, what was expected of him, which is sad to see. Yeah, I mean, I'd say Rajon Rondo is the starter there. Yes, I would agree with you there. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a great game tonight, actually. Wednesday night, the Lakers play Minnesota in L.A., so it'll be a great game. Uh, and so let's get on to our third topic of today's show, which will be Sacramento, a team that really has caught everyone off guard. This, you know, team, this, this, team's been... this team has just stunned me this year. We're taking that out. They've stunned me this year. There you go. We'll keep that part. But you gotta, stay, you gotta say that whenever I ask you the question. Uh, Sacramento has been on fire this year. As the team is now six and four after their first ten games, and uh, they were projected to be at the bottom of the West this year. Right now, if the playoffs started today, they would be the sixth. Seed in the NBA, uh, I mean on the NBA, the sixth sixth seed in the Western Conference today. If the playoffs started today, um, 
So, Matt, how shocked are you by this Kings team? You know, I am. I can't even say how shocked I am. There's not even a word to describe how shocked I am about this Kings team. Like I said in the beginning of the year, I said, I don't know what Bagley's going to do for them, but I, if he can get this team into the playoffs, he's probably going to get rookie of the year. And I said, this might be the turning point of the Kings, but I think they had a. I said, I still think they had a long way to go. If they keep this up, maybe Bagley. Bagley does get rookie of the year, but like I said, we said before, the West is very competitive. There are many good teams in the West. They're going to struggle as the season goes on. Yeah. You know, I'm very shocked to see them 6-4 and because they really haven't been getting much talk over the years. The last time the Kings were really talked about in the NBA world was either uh, a couple years ago when DeMarcus Cousins and Rajon Rondo and George Carl were having a really dysfunction there in Sacramento, and then in the early 2000s, they were just tearing up the league with Chris Webber, Vlade Divac, Peja Stojakovic, Jason Williams, Mike <coughs> Bibby, all those great uh, players on that on those teams. Year in and year out, they were very, very good. They almost made it to the, to the finals a couple of years. If they wouldn't have lost to Shaq and Kobe's Lakers, they probably would have went to the finals those, those years in couple of those series. Who do they have back then? I can't remember. Chris Webber, Paige Stoyakovich, Mike Bibby, Good old Chris Webber. Good old Chris Webber. He should be in the Hall of Fame if you ask me. But uh, I'm shocked. This team has really caught everyone who's supposed to be off guard. I didn't expect them to be 6-4 and if anything. I expect them to be 4-6, and actually. Uh, Just a phenomenal year. De'Aaron Fox has been so good for them so far early this year. Darren uh, Fox, didn't he get drafted last year? Yeah, by, he was uh, drafted by the Kings. Fifth, actually. Fifth by the Kings coming out of Kentucky. Man, he's been compared to John Wall, and he definitely showed it. He's worked on his three-pointer, too. He's hitting step-back threes, spot-up threes, off-the-dribble threes. He has been so good so far this and, year. And that way he might be better than John Wall because John Wall has a good three-point shot, but he doesn't have a great one. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying that it's a you know Steph Curry shot by any means, but he's just he's hitting a lot more. He's hitting more the way he did last year, which is good to see. Uh, next question for you, Mac: Are they a dark horse playoff contender, or will they eventually cool off? I think just because of how competitive the West is, they'll eventually cool off. I know you don't think so. I think the the Lakers they'll make some moves. They'll find a way to get back in this. Well, They're going to have, as of right now, I don't think they'd make the playoffs, but I think the Lakers will find moves to get back in this. Houston, you can't stop Houston. Houston will find a way to get back in it. So I think they'll eventually cool off well, just because they're a young team. But I now think this team has a future that will build faster. Well, I'm not, oh, I didn't say the Lakers wouldn't make moves. I'm just saying that they sh- should make moves. Uh, but I, I know you said that. You still you don't think the Lakers are going to the playoffs, but oh, I think yeah. they will with LeBron James there. They're going to make some moves. Let's just be honest. Half that team's well, going to be well, gone yeah. by February. Oh yeah, I, and I they'll find a way too. to get in. Well, I see that too, but that doesn't mean that they won't be. I know, don't see the thirteenth in the in the way. That, the only thing I'm saying about the Lakers is that even if they would make moves at the at the trade deadline, that's already almost three quarters of the season over, basically. And even if they would make some moves and they're like 12th in the West, I don't think there's any way they're going to make it to the playoffs. I just don't see that happening one bit because they're so far down. How are they going to get back up? That is you true. That, that's just me. Um, I definitely do see Sacramento uh, cooling off eventually. Unless they shock me. You know, who knows what the season's going to gonna entail. Right now, Milwaukee's the best. Milwaukee and Golden State are the two best. No. Toronto. Excuse me, Toronto and Golden State are the two best teams in the eat in the uh, in the NBA right now at ten and one. Obviously, Toronto we uh, didn't expect that, but Golden State we definitely did. Sacramento, I think that they've done a really good job working on their young guys, especially Fox and Buddy Keeled. They've been doing a really good job with them. Bagley, the third, is doing really well this season too. He's not putting up the big stats that you'd like him to. But he's helping in more ways than one. I think that if they uh, try and maybe work on his rebound a little bit because he's only averaging about six or seven 
You normally like your force average by eight or nine a game, so you might have to up that that um statistic, if you will. But overall, I think that the Kings have been a huge shock, and I do see them eventually cooling off. Whether or not they'll make the playoffs has yet to be determined. Heck, who knows? They could. They could. You never know. Maybe Dave Yeager's got something up his sleeve and said, hey, may, maybe we could make it. You, you never know. There are teams like, like Phoenix, 2012-2013, when they almost made the playoffs, and they were 45-37. and 37. They they could have made the playoffs that year, but they didn't. And that's just – that that was ridiculous. Yep. Yeah, so it will be interesting to see what they can do. It, it will be very interesting. You are right. Alrighty, now we have a really big one to talk about, Mac. We have the Denver Nuggets. Denver is now nine and one after home victory over Boston, one fifteen to one oh seven Monday night. Jamal Murray had a career high forty eight points in that game, and it turned into a dramatic one late in that late in that game with about ten or so seconds left in the game. Uh, Murray ends up getting the ball and he shoots it into the basket, uh, of course, from three-point land to try and get 50. Obviously, the ball does not go in. Kyrie Irving does get the rebound, and he threw it into the stands because uh, he was so mad at the, I guess, the poor sportsmanship is what he's calling it. Uh, uh, obviously, we have not heard if it hit a fan or not. Uh, was not... Uh, Disclosed that was not available to the public. So right now, uh, Kyrie has been fined twenty five thousand dollars after the game. Uh, has been twenty. Excuse me. Has been fined twenty five thousand dollars for chucking that ball into the stands. After the game, Kyrie said that that was a BS move and that he will remember the move going into their matchup uh, all the way in March. Actually, so we will not have a Nuggets Celtics game until March eighth. Of next wow. year, so that'll be a good game to watch and see how many points Kyrie goes for. So, what what's your take on all this after the game, Mac? Yeah, yeah this is really kind of interesting. You I know, agree. in the NBA, you're a mature adults. Sometimes they don't act like it. Um, Kyrie sure didn't act like a mature adult when he said this is BS. Well, you have to understand that even. 30, 35 year old uh, players get upset when there is bad sportsmanship in such a league like the NBA. And that shot in a meaningless game when you're losing by eight points with about 10 seconds left just so you can get your 50 points and make it a double digit loss. That's kind of bad sportsmanship from Kyrie's side, which I'm not, I'm not saying is right. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's probably what he was thinking. You know, if you know, I'm beating your team 115 to 107, and I'm at 48, and I take a shot from three point land to give myself 51, I'm pretty sure you would be upset at that, too. You would be. So I'm just giving you that side, but continue on what you were saying. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't see the whole story, so it's kind of hard for me to judge there. Well, well, you can judge just based off. I mean, of- I personally, I think Kyrie needs to. Watch himself sometimes, like just to say, like when he signed that contract with Boston, said, "Thank you, Boston. You got me out of Cleveland." I just don't know about that. Like he says some things that I don't know if he should say to the media sometimes. That's just how Kyrie rules. I think I don't think he's a bad guy, but he got, does have to watch what he says. Like when he said when he went to play with Brad Stevens, he said, "Finally, I'm playing an into- with an intellectual coach." That is insulting to every coach he's had on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. He said, I'm in Boston, a real sports town now. Only thing Boston has that Cleveland doesn't have is hockey, and let's see what else Boston has. I'm going to count. A good football team, a good baseball team. A good basketball team and a good hockey team. Let's, Let's look at it. Since the year 2000... 11 they've won 11 championships since the year 2000 if you haven't noticed that the city of boston yeah think about it because new england patriots i count them as boston yep that's five red sox have now won four celtics have won one and the boston bruins have won one so yeah that would be 11 
since the year 2000 only. Or did you count this year's Red Sox? Yes, I did. This is their fourth since the year 2000. That's, That's right. That's they won right. it in 2004, 2007, 2013, 2018. Brady's got five. Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce had the one with the Celtics. And then the Boston Bruins have one from 2011. Yeah, so you certainly know your sports, which is good. Yes, I do. I mean, yes. you'd probably know basketball, the yes, sport sir. of basketball more yes, than me, sir. but you said, like, all the other sports you know, like, only so much. Yeah. You got to stick with what you're passionate about, Mac, unless, you know, we go big and go home. Unless we go big, then I'll have to expand my big old brain. But it's staying in basketball. Now, what I think about this, it's interesting nonetheless. Uh, because there was, I believe, I don't know if it was a shot last year or something, but there was a game where something like this happened and then it got really chippy the following game. I can't remember who it was or what happened, but I know that there have been alter, but there have been. Things like this in the past, obviously. Uh, what Kyrie said after the, to the media after the game is also really interesting. Uh, I like personally. I like what he said, saying, "Hey, I I think it was you know a bad move. I think it was really bad uh, sportsmanship. I think it was uh, a bad look, and I will remember that when we play in March. I will remember that and." Uh, you're going to regret doing it. It's kind of, I know it's like a shot, and I know it seems immature, but in a way, it's kind of something to get fans like you and me and some of the analysts in the field, such as ourselves, every once in a while we like to call ourselves that, but to get a lot of us like, oh, man, this is going to be a game we want to into. He's probably going to go off for 60 or 70 against the Nuggets team and Jamal Murray. Because remember, Jamal Murray plays point guard for Denver. And he has to guard Kyrie. So it's going to be a super interesting game, that game, just to see those two go at it. Obviously, it's going to be really chippy. It's going to be really physical. There's definitely going to be some text thrown around, maybe even an ejection or two. So that game's going to be really interesting to watch. But let's let's look at each team individually so far into this season, Mac. Let's go off the Boston. Obviously, uh, they did lose two games early on. But right now they are the fourth team in the East at six and four after that loss. Uh, so what do you think about Boston so far in the season? In my opinion, <coughs> excuse me. In my opinion, I think they have been underperforming. What about you? I'll, I'll give my spiel after you. But what do you think about Boston so far this season? I think they kind of have been underperforming too, because like we said before, Brad Stevens is a genius. Last year, the team almost made it to the finals without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. And this year, they've already lost a couple of key games that I didn't think they would lose, for sure. So I'd say they're underperforming. What's their record again? 6-4. and 6-4. and four. For Boston Celtics, they should be undefeated right now. Or not undefeated, but they should be like 8-1, and one, and they're not. Well, I'd say probably 8-2, 7-3. I agree with you. I think they're underperforming. I don't know if this is going to continue. I think it will, honestly. Here's the thing that scares me about Boston. This is a team that's only the average age is about 24, 25 years old. They don't even reach their prime for another three years. You know, I'm starting to think of this as maybe expected. And I'm going to say why, because there's a lot of moving pieces in this team. You know, they're really deep. And they didn't have Gordon Hayward last season. And now they do. They now have Gordon Hayward. So I can understand why they're six and four. They have to re he has Brad Stevens has to redo their offense and defense and make sure Hayward finds his way in there. And it's definitely an interesting thing to see them go six and four when they really, in our in your my opinion, should be eight and two, nine and one, seven and three, just not six and four, because it just seems a little weird to see him almost five hundred. Basically, I think that overall, Boston just hasn't lived up to its potential right now. But yet again, I also see it as expected. And I'm not going to try and reiterate myself just because, you know, Hayward hasn't been there. But it's just all the depth that they have on this team and all the talent. You would think that they would be a lot better than what they were, especially on opening night, blowing out Philadelphia by 20 plus. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I forgot about that. They did blow Philadelphia out, so. Yeah, and we were all like, okay, they're back. We're ready to see them take it into their own hands and take the next step forward. Would you say Philly's been a disappointment this year or no? Right now they're 6-5. and five. I would say yes and no, just because, you know, they're young still and they need to go through these learning curves. But considering they got the third seed last year, I I would kind of say it's a little bit of a disappointment considering how good of a record they had last year and how uh, how just, you know, the injuries have really caught up to them with Embiid and Simmons. They've had some injuries early in the year where they've missed some games and they've had to reincorporate Fultz into that lineup, so that plays a little bit of a factor into it. You know, when you're adding in big pieces like that, they have to – Add those in and readjust everything. So, I I I would say I'm disappointed with Philly a little bit personally. That's just me. That that's why I would say. Uh, so Mac, what do you think about Denver? Denver is actually nine and one right now in the West. It would be the second seed. Uh, they're currently the second seed. Who's right the now. first? Who do you think's the first? Golden State. What's their record? Nine and one or eight? Who? Golden State's or yeah. Denver's? Golden State's ten and one. Of course, Golden State is the best team. I mean, the team that's loaded with talent. Well, of course, but what, what do you think about Denver so far this season? Nine and one, second in the West. You know, they've been a surprise. They really have. They almost made the playoffs last year. They had a rough start, and that's why they didn't go in. This year starts much better. I know it's early, but I don't see them blowing it because think about it. They fought so hard to come this close last year. And came up short to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, I see this team definitely going to the playoffs this year. Oh, yeah, I would agree. At least a fifth They're seed. not going to fall. I think this team is going to – because this is a team that historically gets better as the season goes on. I don't know if they'll be the second seed all year, but they'll definitely not fall out of the playoff round. I see them getting a fifth seed at least. Yes, I see them getting a fifth seed too. They've been really, really good this year. You know, I love the love the camaraderie. I love the teamwork of this team. You know, Jokic has been doing his thing. Paul Millsap's finally healthy. He missed like forty some games last year with his wrist injury. That played a big factor into it as well. He's finally back, so he's a really great piece for them. You know, getting rid of Wilson Chandler, I think, might help them. Getting Michael Porter Jr., even though he really hasn't played yet, or hasn't played due to his back surgery that he got in the off season. He'll be fantastic for them. A former number one pick that was coached by former NBA player Brandon Roy in high school, which is interesting. Wow. Yeah. Brandon Roy. I feel like I'm getting old. I know. And it's uh, weird. I'm much too young to feel so darn old too. So <laughs> you you've you've heard me say that line before. Yes, I have. I really have. Um but <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it, I just feel old because I remember Brandon Roy when he got drafted. Back in 06. Yep, 06. And got rookie of the year in 07. There's a guy who could have been a very good player had he not gotten injured. Yeah, I, I would agree. The Portland wouldn't have. But think of it this way. If Portland, if he was so good, they wouldn't have gotten Damian Lillard and T.J. McCollum. Those two together, I think, are better. I think Damian Lillard's better than Brandon Roy. I would have to agree. I would have to disagree with you. On you think that Brandon one. Roy, a healthy Brandon Roy, was better than Damian Lillard? I do. I really do. Um, but that, that's a different conversation for them together, day. though. You have to what, say CJ and yeah. Dame. Kind of, sorta. I guess you know, offensively they are better, but I think Brandon Roy plays more defense than what oh. those two do. Another thing I want to say, yes, sir, about this is. Derrick Rose, I mean, it's if you look at all the injuries he's had, it's just amazing that he's still able to go mm-hmm. the way he does. And what he did last week, I know we never yes. mentioned that on a podcast, but that doesn't that just bring you to tears, what he did last week? Yeah, that was phenomenal. 50 points. Uh, Fans were – he was crying. Fans were crying. LeBron yeah. was even crying. Yeah, that's that's just – it's something that I can't even put in the words as to how good it was. That is – impeccable to see a guy like that overcome so much adversity in his life and be able to not only get that emotional moment but everyone just to 
not say a single negative thing about him for once in his life and uh, be able to say, hey, he got 50 overcoming all of these injuries. Good for him. We're really happy for him, and we wish him the best going forward. That is so nice to hear. Uh, but back to Denver. Uh, really good. I really love what they're doing. Mike Malone has been really, really good. He got an extension from them in the offseason too, mm-hmm. which definitely helps. The team looks a lot better. Uh, they they just look healthier. They look uh, more focused out of the gate. You know, I love that you brought up the late start because that came back to bite them in the butt. You know, they it went did. they went I believe six and no, I think they went three and six is what I believe they were, and then they rallied back. But I would not be surprised if you know this continues. Uh, this big winning streak because I believe right now, let me look here right now, they've actually won five in a row. Uh, according to NBA.com, right now they have won five in a row leading up to today, which is November 7th. So that's going to be really, really interesting to see how far they go. Uh, and they actually play tonight too, Mac. They play the Grizzlies tonight, so uh, obviously I would assume that's going to be one for them. Even though Memphis is five and one, I mean, no, five and one, five and four, which is interesting in itself. So that's uh, going to be probably a more interesting game than what most people think. But I have a, a really interesting question too, since Denver is the second seed and they're nine and one right now, probably going to be ten and one tonight. Is Denver the only threat to take down Golden State so far this season? And here, before you before I say something, their Golden State's only loss is this Denver team. Is uh, Denver beat them one hundred to ninety eight? Did did you ever watch that game or at least the highlights of it? Where uh, uh was it Wancho? Uh, I, I didn't get a Juan, chance. Juan Hernan Gomez come up with the. Clutch block of the season to uh, not allow the game to go into overtime, and he saved their their uh, game and gave Golden State their first loss of the year. I didn't get a chance to, but it was it was a good game. So Denver handed Golden State their only loss this year. So Mac, are they the only threat to take down Golden State so far this season? Because Houston's five and four, Oklahoma City's uh, I mean, Houston's four and five, Golden State is not Golden State. Oklahoma City's four and five. Just not a lot of, not the big contenders that you that we really thought this year, are not really good. Utah's four and six. Uh, who else could we say? San Antonio, they're doing well, six and three. Portland's eight and three. Minnesota's not doing good at four and seven. So, do you really think Denver's the only legitimate threat in the Golden State right now this early in the season? Right now, yes. Can you elaborate, please? Okay. Yeah, right now, yes, because uh, I don't know. I mean, they, they just got a good start, um, and the, this is a team that fought so hard to finish. So I think with um, Houston, L.A., Portland, Portland's okay, but I don't think they're going to be too much of a threat for OKC. I mean, Golden State, I'm having Brent. It's okay. We all traffic are. jams. Let's just that. I I I don't call them brain farts. I call them traffic jams. Yeah, that one. Well, that that's a. Uh, I should probably like coin that phrase with you because that's an interesting phrase. But nonetheless, get back to what you were saying. Yeah, I think because so many teams in the West that we thought were going to be good are struggling this year. I think Denver could be the threat. They could be that surprise team, and they this could be a dynasty for the future, and they could be on. Golden State's rear ends as time goes on. Yeah, I not I, really their rear rear ends. They could be on Golden State's tail as time goes on. Yeah, I agree with you. I definitely think Denver's the only threat going into the season because, like I just mentioned, Houston, OKC, Utah, the the three big threats everyone thought going into the season. That even LA people thought the Lakers with LeBron. You have you have to throw them in there as a disappointment. Yeah, and they've all been bad. You know, they've all got four wins. That's it. And to see the mighty Golden State Warriors only lose to this Nuggets team is something something to say. 
Is the it? only other team I think that might be up there this year, Timberwolves. I mean, Portland's a good team, but you don't see them on Golden State's tail. That's true, but uh, Timber Minnesota did play. Uh, New Orleans is a pretty good team too. They could could be on their tails too. Yeah, yeah, but they're four and six right now. Same with excuse me, uh, Utah and Houston. Actually, Oklahoma State's five and four. Pardon me. Um, Father Pop's San Antonio Spurs still doing. Yeah, they're definitely definitely doing it six and three. But I don't know if you could still see them on the tails of. I, th- I think Denver right now is the team that is going to give Golden State a run for their money. Easily, I think just how Denver's not only their hot start, but having hand in Golden State their only loss this season so far really speaks volumes to how good of a team this Denver squad is. Just, you know, the fact that this team really doesn't have a superstar, I guess you could say Jokic is their superstar, but he doesn't go out and dominate like a superstar does. He just does everything on the floor so well, and that's a big credit to how Mike Malone's handling this team. I definitely see them being a fifth seed in the West this year, if not possibly a fourth, but that would be... Uh, stretching it a little bit. So far, they're the only threat for Golden State just because Golden State's hand on their only lo- just because Denver's handed Golden State their only loss of the year. So I'm saying Denver is the only threat right now because no one else has really picked up the slack to really challenge uh, the mighty Warriors at the top. Speaking of Houston, let's talk about Houston. Uh, Houston might actually be getting some of last year's mojo back uh, after. Uh, Former assistant Jeff Bez, 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 Bezdelic, excuse me, uh, will be coming out of retirement to join the team after Thanksgiving. He stepped down uh, within, I believe, it was a couple of weeks after the season finally ended. He stepped down uh, in, to retire. I would assume team is now team. The team now has a record of four and five. Are right, the ninth seed in the West. Uh, Matt, could he potentially help this Rockets team get back to where they were last year? Remember, this was their defensive guru that handled everything last year. Yes. I think he can help because if he handled everything, he got them. They had a better record than Golden State last year. Of course, they lose Terry Arizia and some other key pieces defensively, but this guy's a defensive genius. He could definitely help get them back because they still have some of their key players like Harden, Paul. Uh, who else was Clint key? Capella. Capella. PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. PJ Tucker, Eric Gordon. You name you name them all. I'm, yep. I'm having my brain is having some traffic jams. Yep. T- tonight, I mean, sorry. You're good. But I think this guy could definitely help get them back on track. I don't think they're going to be first in the conference again, but I think they will make it back to the playoffs. I'm calling it third or fourth seed with this guy coming back. I, I agree with you. I think that he's going to help. I don't think they're going to be as good as they were last year by any means. Losing Ariza and Bahamute really kind of hindered them defensively because Ariza was number one defensive option. He went and guarded the best player on the perimeter for this Houston team. And so far, they haven't been able to really defend anyone so far. They are terrible defensively they're just letting people go right by him James Harden doesn't really look like he's playing the best defense as of late oh no he played much better defense last year yeah exactly Chris Paul much better defense last year so with this defensive genius coming back they could be back get back on track yeah but I don't think they're gonna be like I don't think they're gonna be as good as they were last year though oh no last year I think was a one-year wonder for them like that first Mm -hmm. in the conference thing that was that was just amazing. I, w- I will say this. If he can get Carmelo Anthony to play defense. But I, no one has gotten Carmelo to play defense in 16 years. I know, but. If he can, if yeah, anyone can if do can. it, this is the guy who can. Yeah, because he is such a defensive specialist. And this is, I think what's really interesting about Houston's coaching staff. They let Mike D'Antoni handle the offense. And they let this guy handle the defense. 
Which is super interesting. Yeah, because think about it. D'Antoni struggled with the Lakers because he's what you call an offensive specialist. Mm-hmm. So if D'Antoni's going to be successful, he needs to have some, an assistant coach who's a defensive genius. Yeah. And right now he doesn't have that, and that's why they're struggling defensively. Because D'Antoni's, like what we said, an offensive specialist. Yes, sir. Especially famous for the seven seconds or less sons. That's what he is famous for, and people give Tony a lot, Dan Tony a lot of credit for turning Nash into a two-time MVP. I think Nash just did it by himself personally, but you know, that's St- just my Steve opinion. Nash just probably my Steve Nash, in my opinion, a legend, probably one of the greatest point guards this game has ever seen. I would agree. Not the greatest, one of. Yeah, because I think the greatest was Magic Johnson, but that's, easily, easily, yeah, but, I think he is. I don't think that can be argued. Magic Johnson, greatest point guard to ever play the game. But that's a different subject for another day. Let's let's get on to our next topic, which is the Detroit Pistons. Uh, you know, we talked about them on our first episode. Uh, so after going after going four and zero this season, the Pistons are now four and five, and now have lost five straight games. Mac, uh, can this team get back on track? I will tell you that they do play Orlando tonight, which is Wednesday night. So they play Orlando tonight. So do you think this team can eventually get back on track onto winning again? You know, I think, yes, if they play Orlando, Orlando should be an easy win for them. I think they have the coach of the year from last year. His name's Dwayne Casey, by the way. Yes, sir. So I think he'll get them back on track. But, yes, um, they did have a good start, and then they slipped a little bit. So they need to figure out what's going wrong fast before this really gets out of control. I agree with you. They definitely need to not only figure out what's going on fundamentally, but both offensively and defensively. I see you know, there's a reason why Dwayne Casey was coach of the year last year. He did phenomenal with Toronto yeah. in seven years. Yeah. Seven years. That was gets fired because he can't beat LeBron James. Yeah, but I think that he could He got swept by LeBron and this was his I think last year was his year to do it in Toronto and last year I feel like was I don't know now that LeBron's out of the East and I think he has more of a chance this year. I mean, they have more of a chance this year. But last year was their year to beat LeBron James and they didn't do it. Yeah, I, I would agree with you on that statement. Detroit just needs to find their mojo back. Blake Griffin, Andre Drummond really haven't looked the same uh, ever since they went on this losing streak. Uh, it doesn't really help that they let Joel and B go off in that one game for 39-17. and 17. Reggie Jackson really hasn't looked himself looked like himself either. Pardon me, just because of how he's handling the ball, he's not really scoring as much as he should. Uh, the defense just doesn't look very fluid like it has in that four game streak. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. You know, I predict that they'll win against Orlando tonight. Hopefully, against the Orlando Magic, even though they are coming off a very big win against Cleveland the other night. Uh, obviously Evan Fournier hitting the buzzer beater at the uh, fourth quarter to win the game. So that's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to Detroit to get off this five-game losing streak. Uh, so now we're going to talk about our last topic of the show before we get off and get on to our off-topic topics. And that would be the Portland Trailblazers. I don't think they've really been talked about the, that much this year. Portland is now 8-3 and three in early stages of this NBA season. They are currently third in the Western Conference with both Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum uh, lighting it up on the floor every night. Uh, obviously, C.J. McCollum went off for 40 last night against the Milwaukee Bucks. So what do you think of Portland so far this season, Mac? You know, this doesn't surprise me too much with Portland. I know they never really won anything big in the West because the West is always very competitive and they're – they have a lot of good teams out in the West. But Portland has a good team. They should be a, easily a th- third or fourth best team. And I think this will continue as the year goes on. They have Dame and CJ. That is a good duo right there. And this year they deserve... They they don't get talked to much. They're like kind of like that team that's always hiding in the West that you never that you never hear about and frankly they deserve to be talked about a lot more because they really are if they were in the East 
this is another team I think could make a run for the finals. Yeah, I I quit saying I agree with you, but I do I do agree with you. I think that Portland really has not been talked about this season at all, really. I think that this backcourt duo is really, really good. It just it reminds me a lot of a I'm trying to think of like another really good backcourt duo that this reminds me of. If I could say one, it'd probably be Magic Johnson and Byron Scott would be probably the closest I could say, but that's just probably the only one I could think off the top of my head. To me, Portland, I think they still have last year's playoffs sweep in the back of their mind, obviously getting select 4 nothing to the Pelicans. Without DeMarcus Cousins, I think that they have that on their mind, and they're showing that so far this early in the season. I really think that they will eventually cool off just because it's the West. Uh, Nurkic is looking solid. Everyone, everyone on the team's looking solid. They added some bench depth with uh, Seth Curry and uh, excuse me, Nick Stauskas. So it'll be really interesting to see what this team does later in the year. Uh, so let's get into the last question real quick, Mac, and that is, do you think they have what it takes to go far into the playoffs and redeem themselves this year after getting swept? I don't see them beating um, Golden State. And the way Denver's playing right now, I don't know if I can see them beating Denver. I could see them getting into the semi-conference fi- finals, though, but I think as of right now, you're going to see Golden State and Denver. If Denver cools off, maybe, maybe th- this team does have a chance to make the Western Conference Finals. Personally, I think it's going to come down to Golden State and Denver, and I think we can all agree Golden State's going to take it home. I would agree. I just I see another first-round exit for Portland. I don't, I don't see them going f- far into the playoffs again. Uh, for at least another while, just because of just because of how this team is structured, they like, don't really have a. Bench. I, I think this year Denver is the team to get in there. Yeah, I think I think it will be Denver too. They could easily take a, a team to seven, if not go on a second round. Portland just doesn't have enough to me to go far yet. They don't yeah, have they enough haven't defense. Pro- they haven't proven that they. I mean, their record is good, but they haven't proven that. They know how to step it up in the playoffs. Yes, exactly. Especially last year. Last year was last year they choked. I mean, I want to see them do better, but last year they choked on the big stage in the playoffs. They did. They really did. It's sad to see such a talent like that go to not go to a, waste. I mean, that I, should... I wouldn't say go to waste. I just say Alvin Gentry did a really smart thing with that defensive scheme. And Portland couldn't figure it out at all. They Damian Lillard averaged eight turnovers in that series. But eight turnovers. That series is, I think, where you had to say it. It can't be argued. Minus Durant and LeBron, Anthony Davis is the best player in the NBA. Yeah, I I definitely would agree with you on that. You statement. you you and I have talked about that before. How we agree with that statement, but now I think after what he did last year without Demarcus Cousins proves he's one of the best players in the NBA. Yes, I would 100% agree with you. So now let's get on to our off-topic topics. We got two for you again today, just like we did on episode two. So, Mac, let's talk about them. The NCAA basketball season tipped off last night that had the much-anticipated Duke Blue Devils, pardon me, destroying, absolutely destroying the Kentucky Wildcats 114-84. And that was the largest loss by John Calipari in the in his era at Kentucky. Uh, the projected top two picks in the upcoming draft this season, Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett, combined for 61 points in a game, Zion having 28 points, along with seven boards and shooting 85% from the field. While his counterpart, uh, R.J. Barrett, had 33 points. I didn't really see. I uh, couldn't really find his stats off of Instagram, unfortunately. Probably should be looking somewhere else. But, uh, Mac, what are your initial reactions just hearing this? These are unreal numbers. They're unreal numbers. 
these are two players that could honestly be two of the best players this game has ever seen or at least be really good NBA players for a really long time. It's going to be interesting to see what they do from here, like when they get into the pros and stuff. Mm -hmm. To me, this is just really, I don't want to say it's shocking. It's kind of expected, but this is interesting. More on the shocking side than the expected just because, you know, Duke has three five-star recruits. They Duke got, Duke got the top three high school basketball recruits coming into the season. That would be obviously RJ Barrett, Zion Williamson, and Cam Reddish. Of course, Cam Reddish probably won't get talked about as much due to uh, you know, RJ Barrett being from Canada and Zion Williamson breaking the internet who knows how many times with his dunks in high school. But the, these guys are definitely someone to be reckoned with. Uh, I think Duke is going to take it all this year. There's no question about it. I think Duke's going to get it all this year. Zion Williams is just an amazing player. So is RJ Bear. They're both really great. Uh, you know, Kentucky's a great team. Duke was actually ranked fourth, and Kentucky was ranked second. Now that's def- now it's obviously going to change. So that's going to be really interesting to see uh, what Duke does this season. But, Mac, my question is, could these guys be the next big superstars in the NBA? I think they could. I don't know how to elaborate on that since I don't watch mm-hmm. college basketball too much, but I think based on these numbers, they could. Yeah, I I really haven't seen much of R.J. Barrett, honestly, but Zion Williamson is a freak athlete. And if the name Stefan Marbury rings a bell to all of the NBA gurus listening to the show, um, obviously you guys know who Stefan Marbury is, but for those who don't, uh, he was a very good point guard. I believe he was drafted by Minnesota uh, a year or two after Kevin Garnett got drafted, actually, if not before. I would say probably uh, a year or two after, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he played for the Suns, but where he really made his name was uh, the Nets, presumably, and then whenever he went over to China to play for a while. His jersey numbers retired in China, and uh, he's got a statue in China, actually, because of how great of a player he is in the Chinese Basketball League, the CBA. A very, very good player, a very talented player. Just an interesting guy, nonetheless. But if a guy like this is saying that he could, that Zion Williamson could be better than LeBron James, I'm not going to say that he will be, but. He definitely could be. I, it is interesting. You know, for sure. you know, I was telling you, I'm even watching his highlights of, you know, the the crazy blocks and the crazy dunks that he does, and I just see this different kind of aurora that's, that is somewhat similar to Michael's, you know, whenever you watch Michael Jordan play. But seeing this, uh, some you sort of fantastic aurora. You think this guy aurora, could be compared to Michael Jordan? I'm not saying he's going to be compared to, like, He's got the flying and the leaping ability to definitely be compared to Michael. I just don't don't think he's going to be better than Michael Jordan. I think he could be better than LeBron when it's all said and done. But this kid is just a freak athlete. He's He really he, is. He jumps so high. He's so great defensively, offensively. He is just a monster on the floor. And he's definitely fortunate to be coached by the greatest uh, basketball player college coach in NCAA history, and that would be Mike Krzyzewski. I don't see how you want to go for anyone else. except maybe him or Jim Beheim or Roy Williams or even um, uh, who's Michigan State's head coach. He's really famous. He just got put in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I can't remember his name, but that guy too. If I ever think of his name, I'll shout him out on the next episode possibly. But, oh, we'll think about that. All right, last topic, off-topic topic, and then we will have to unfortunately end today's podcast show. And, Mac, that would be the last time we talked, We ha- I asked you who you would want to be coached by in the NBA. So let's talk about it from a different perspective. Let's talk about who you would want to play with in the NBA. So give me the organization you want to play with and then the player that you would want to play with. And it so can be any organization. It can be any organization, and uh, we'll keep it current players just because, okay. you know, 
We got to stick to the current because we are. Uh, let's see. It could be any team. It doesn't have to be Cleveland. It doesn't have to be Golden State. Pick anybody. Let's think. Orlando. Okay. Okay, so you're playing for Orlando. Who are you going to have play with you? Does it have to be a player on Orlando? or No, it does not. Anthony Davis. Could you please elaborate? I, I like that, but why, uh, why AD? I, I was going to say that. I was waiting for you to say why. Anthony Davis, just because he's very loyal. Mm-hmm. I feel like he deserves a championship. I feel like I'd want to help bring him that championship. And he's just a a good guy, too. I mean, I'd say Derek. I mean, I'd say if you can give me a second guy I'd want to play with, maybe um someone who's not a who is not a star, Derek Rose. Even though I think Derek Rose still could be a star, but both those guys are both Anthony Davis and Derek Rose are good guys, and they are very loyal, and both of them deserve a championship. Where well, I mean, LeBron is probably my favorite player of all time, but I know. From what teammates have said, he's not the most—he's not the easiest guy to play for, or he's not really what you call the nicest guy in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I love your pick. I really do. That's an interesting one. I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bulls. Actually, I was thinking Golden State, but I'm gonna go with the Chicago Bulls, and I got Luke KD. Come on. He's my favorite player. Who wouldn't want to play with their favorite Le- player? I mean, LeBron is my favorite, but I know how he is in the locker room. Mm-hmm. That's why I can't pick him. Yeah, and that's another reason why I'm picking KD because he's good in the locker if, room. The, the The sad thing is, is if Derrick Rose stayed healthy, I mentioned him because I probably would pick him over. Yeah, yeah, I would too. Unfortunately, I didn't say you could pick Parm Derrick Rose, but I would pick KD just because – you you can't you can't stop this guy unless you put someone like AD or Kawhi yeah. on him. Yeah, that's why I mean I said like mention him, throw Derrick Rose on this. I'd pick Anthony Davis, but throw Derrick Rose on this team. Oh yeah. And I picked Orlando because I feel like that town does deserve a championship. The Magic's all they have. I know they have Disney. I know they have Universal Studios down there. Yep. Orlando Magic deserves a championship. They do. They, they came. Really do. They came close. They went to the finals twice. Mm-hmm. I mean that team's like a team that. Gets into makes a run for it like once every so many years if they're lucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chicago really hasn't been the same for the past three or four years, and I think Katie and I could uh, take him to that. I could just be his pass for his point guard and give him the ball whenever he wants to, and then if he needs to kick it out to me for a three or have a double team, I'll do what I need to do to help the team win. Uh, one more thing, Mac, before uh, we go on the air, we uh, go off, go we off. sign off. Yes. Uh, I just got a notification. This is breaking news, actually, today. Okay. Uh, I have time. The NBA and the Players Association uh, have now said that the NBA All-Star Draft will be televised this year. So you will be able to see who the captains are and who they pick, team-wise. So, you know, like last year when it was LeBron and Steph and they didn't uh, televise a draft saying, you know, they had a big thing on TNT – you know, okay, who'd you pick? And they said, oh, I can't say you're going to have to wait till, until it comes out and bring all secrecy about it. Well, now we can see firsthand who they pick, why they pick, uh, who's all going to be in there. It's going to be such an interesting time. Mac, what are your thoughts on this? You know, I think this is probably a smart thing to do because I think it will be cool to see who players pick because like you said last year, you couldn't see anything until it was over. Now you get to see who's going. And last year was the very first year where it was, where they got two choose between like Team LeBron, Team Steph. We we want to see that again. We wanted to see the change because, frankly, I didn't think it, East and West that was really kind of fair because there's much, many more All Stars in the West, and the West won most All Star games. Now. The competition's fair. Yes. And I think this should be on TV because this is really cool to see the draft. Yeah, I agree with you. This should have been televised last year. Easily. They would have made it for good TV. It would have immediately made a big kind of, I don't want to say jump, 
but it would have made a lot of things interesting in the NBA nonetheless just to see, okay, why did LeBron pick this guy? And why did Steph pick this guy? Or, you know, why did, or like this year, why will Giannis pick this guy and why will LeBron pick that guy? So Giannis and LeBron this year for sure? Well, it's not for sure, but that's what I'm assuming just because, you know, LeBron's in the West this year, so. Okay. And it, and it, it goes by whoever gets the top, the most votes in each conference. So, obviously, you know, it's probably going to be LeBron and uh, Giannis. I think we all know that Dwayne Wade's definitely going to be in the All-Star game this year. Though, just, just because it's his last day. LeBron will take him. He'll fight to take Dwayne Wade. Yeah, and for plus, his last. And plus, you know, uh, Dwayne. I don't want to say he's gonna get the sympathy vote, but I know Kobe got it. So if Kobe's if Kobe gets it, I'm pretty sure Dwayne Wade's gonna get it. Oh, definitely. Because like, Dwayne Wade, at this point in his career, I think he has more in him than Kobe had. Yeah, definitely. In the end, I think yeah. he still has a little bit of that that drive. I mean, Kobe, great finale performance, but that last year. Or two, he was like one-fourth of the Kobe he used to be. Dwayne Wade's not the Dwayne Wade he used to be, but he can still put up nights like he once could. Yes. Yes, he can. Uh, Actually, since we talked about him real quick, uh, he actually won't be playing in the Spurs game tonight due to personal reasons. So, again, for myself and Mr. Matt Gilbert, we thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much. To listening to this third episode of Ballers, Ballers Paradise. Paradise Podcast. Yep, Ballers Paradise Podcast. Um, remember, comments, if we do put this on YouTube or anywhere that enables you to put comments, we will be checking it, and we will be using those for future episodes. This is for you. Yep. It's, not, it's not for us. We're doing this for you. Yep, so... Again, Mac and I want to thank you guys for tuning in to the third episode of Ballers Paradise Podcast. We thank you guys, and we're signing off for now. Have a good one, guys. Good night.